This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. I know this story is not going to be covered by the cable news channels, uh, the D.C. press corps. Uh, today is all going to be about a, a bunch of people sitting around tables who uh, couldn't find their arse with both hands, pontificating about what's going to happen in competitive Senate and congressional races and the implications. But it's this particular poignant for us because this is one of these poisonous people that Chicago has begotten. And he shouldn't go unremarked upon, particularly against the backdrop of the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh, that massacre, and particularly against the media's shameless coverage, assigning responsibility for the shooting to President Trump, to Republicans. Political culpability in some places, not in others. Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan, who uh, Democrats, prominent Democrats, routinely embrace. Keith Ellison, deputy DNC chairman. Al Sharpton organized a Black Lives Matter protest with uh, Farrakhan uh, and and the new Black Panther Party just uh, a few months ago. Eric Holder pictured with Farrakhan at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sitting behind there with President Clinton. Maxine Waters embracing uh, Farrakhan following a speech in which he praised Palestinian suicide killers. Bill Clinton also at the uh, Aretha Franklin right. mm-hmm. funeral. They were all enjoying Ariana Grande and others. That uh, great photo of President Obama smiling with Farrakhan in 2005. Never came out. D.C. press corps wasn't interested. Anybody distancing themselves from Farrakhan this morning? Not the Iranians, because he was at Tehran University over the weekend to give a speech and to lead chants of death to America and to agree with the mullahs that America is the great Satan this is an advance of the reimposition of sanctions on Iran by the Trump administration after the coddling of Iran by the previous administration. Louis Farrakhan. Is it not true that you have called America the great Satan? Well, if you believe what you say, then would not Satan be actively involved in trying to destroy a nation that is set up on the belief and practice of submission to the will of God. So we should not be surprised at what Satan does to ill affect the righteous. We're Satan and the Iranian mullahs, the uh, theocratic despots, are the Righteous. You got it? America is making it very hard for Iran to successfully carry out its mission. But if you have the strength to persevere under these hard trials, the victory will be yours. 
Nice uh, rooting for Iran there. Um, every member of the Chicago Press Corps should be asking every Chicago Democrat about Hyde Park's very own Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for the D.C. Press Corps since so many prominent national Democrats have embraced, uh, if it was tolerated, if not embraced Farrakhan. Disgusting. Anti-Semitic hate monger. Think about that and the Linda Sarsours and the leaders of the mobs that President Trump refers to when you go to the polls today. For more on this topic and today's election, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Roger Kimball, editor of The New Criterion, columnist for PJ Media. Roger, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, it's great to be with you on this uh, important Tuesday. Um, So let's uh, skip ahead to uh, one possible outcome the uh, conventionally predicted one that uh, Republicans lose the House and uh, they mm-hmm. retain the Senate, maybe even expand the majority in the Senate. So what do mm-hmm. the next two years look like under that scenario? Is it basically like the last two minus the accomplishments? Well, I, I don't think it would uh, it wouldn't bring everything to a halt. The judicial appointments would continue unabated, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a very important thing. But it would uh, it would, you know, as you were pointing out in your uh, opening remarks, <clears throat> the prospect, for example, of Adam Schiff as head of the Intelligence Committee in the House instead of Devin Nunez um, would mean that the, the efforts to shed some light on what I regard as probably the biggest political scandal in the history of the country, namely the weaponization and mobilization of the administrative state uh, against a sitting, well, against the presidential candidate and then against the sitting president, that would stop. Um, you, 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 would, you would not have any more uh, indictments of people like John Brennan, James Comey, and other people who should be in jail for, for the, their lies and leaks and so on. Uh, and the legislative work would pretty much grind to a halt as well. But I think it would be, there, there are gradations of what would happen, I think. Um, I think most people uh, believe that even if the Democrats take the House, they will take it by a fairly slender majority. If that majority is very slender, if it's just a couple of seats, then um, I think there would be some some conservative, some Democrats in red states, essentially, who would on certain issues cross party lines. But it, it would not be it would not be good. It would be it would be a, uh, a derailment or a postponement. Uh, of, of the Trump agenda to uh, roll back the regulatory state, return power to um, where it belongs, sovereignty to the, to the people, and to uh, essentially make America great again. That, that, would, uh, that would stop. Now, in, in my view, Donald Trump in his 21 or so months in office has already accomplished more than uh, many, uh, maybe most presidents accomplish in, in eight years. Uh, but it would, you know, it would be too bad because I think that there's a uh, there's a kind of momentum that he has going now, uh, and it would be it would be it would be sad to see it uh, diverted, however temporarily. So um, what what do you he, think it would say about Trump's presidency if we don't hold the House if it flips into Democratic hands? Not much, really, because uh, I mean, let's face it: if you go back decades, that that that's the usual thing. The party in power loses, uh, you know, a lot of seats. 
Um, in 2010, Obama lost 63 seats. That was a repudiation of large elements of his early presidency. If Donald Trump loses, you know, 23, 24, 24 seats, let's say, and they take it by one seat, I don't think that will mean very much. It's just if, uh, if, if they, if they, you know, lose it by 40, that's something else again. Well, there... uh, I mean, the ex- the expected thing is that the Democrats will, will take the House. I, on the other hand, uh, a, a cheerful uh, chap that I am, uh, <laughs> think that the the most likely outcome, the most likely outcome, is that. Uh, the Republicans will will hold the House by a couple of seats. Um, I, I I might be wrong about that, but that's just you know as of um, uh, eight twenty or eight nineteen on on a Tuesday morning in Connecticut. That's the way things look to me. It's the the, the polls across the country have softened uh, for, for for Democrats over the last couple of weeks, and the president, as he did in twenty sixteen, has been campaigning, uh, you know, with extraordinary vigor across across the country. Well, and it and is and think, it's noteworthy when uh, the professional uh, prognosticators like Charlie Cook give themselves wide margin. It could be anywhere between 20 and 45. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that yeah. tells you they're in hedging. Other words, yeah, he, he has no idea. Right. That's what he's saying. He has no idea. I mean, uh, uh, I, th- I think we've learned that pollsters really don't know what they're talking about. Now, as, as you get closer and closer to the election, there's uh, often more and more data. But the, you know, the truth I think we've we've learned that um, Republicans or pro pro Trump Republicans are shy about saying who they're going to vote for. That certainly happened in 2016. Okay. Let me. Uh... Uh, I mean, I, I live in Connecticut. I think it's possible. In fact, I would say it's not it's not unlikely that the Republican is going to win uh, the governorship race, which would be pretty big news. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, that'd be nice, too, because there's some other uh, states where the Republican's in trouble. Uh, let, me yeah. ask, let me ask you about um, the, the, this idea of a divided Congress, though. Could that end up being uh, the best-case scenario for Trump's reelection in 2020? Because then he'll have uh, Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats to run against and to term obstructionists I think and the like. Exactly, yes, I've, I, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that uh, theory. Uh, I think it, it's plausible, but um, uh, I, I think it's better to win. I would like to win now yes. and win in 2020. And I yes. think if we win now, uh, I, I don't think it would be better for, for Trump's agenda to lose now, because um, I think that one of the reasons why I think that uh, the Republicans do have a pretty good chance of holding the House, is the extraordinary accomplishments of the president in 21 months. I mean, the economy is, um, you know, on fire. And uh, and people have to, I mean, people must feel that. They must feel the energy, uh, the the confidence, the, the, you know, the renewed um, faith in America. That, That is something that is, you know, you can, you can describe it in data points. You can, you know, look at, at the stock market and, and consumer confidence and, and growth and uh, unemployment and jobs. All of that stuff, you can, you can, you, those are little data points. But what matters more, I think, is this is a, a psychological reality that, uh, you know, as Ronald Reagan put it, it's morning in America again. And you can feel that. Uh, um, you, you feel it both um, in, the, in the workers, but you also feel it in a negative way in the e- extraordinary hysteria and uh, m- malicious vituperation of the left who realizes 
that um, this this um, gravy train that they've been riding for decades uh, may really be coming to a screeching halt, and they're going to be thrown out, and well, that would be delicious. Speaking of the left, I mean, the last two days you've seen Elizabeth Warren, President Obama, just out on the campaign trail, you know, trying to relive his rock star days. But noticeably yeah. absent is Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. Do you know what's going yes. on? Uh, no, no, no more than you, uh, Amy. I, you know, I think that uh, the, the instinct for self-preservation has not been entirely bred out of um, <laughs> the Democrats. So they understand that Bill Clinton is a liability. And Hillary Clinton, uh, I mean, she really is like the, the, the Wizard of Oz. I mean, you know, you, you take a look behind the curtain and you have this, you know, sad, uh, wizened, bitter Chardonnay swilling um, uh, person who is, you know, you, you see her utter irrelevance and, you know, kind of pathetic maliciousness. So they're not going to help anybody get elected anywhere in the country. Uh, what, what's your assessment of Trump's decision in the uh, closing weeks to really emphasize the caravan and border security as an issue? Listen, the, the, the reason, if you had to pick one reason, why was Donald Trump elected to begin with. It was because he understood that America is not a, um, the name of, of a space in a global uh, entity, but it's a country. And a country only exists if it has borders. And um, the, the uh, willful, you know, uh, the, the willful um, uh, ignoring of our country's borders and basically pursuing a kind of open borders policy by both the Democrats and the Republicans in the previous decades has not only changed the demographic complexion of the country, but it, it has changed um, everything about the country. Don, people don't like it. Americans don't like it. And I think that uh, the president uh, understood that, that if you had to pick one reason, that's why he was elected. <clears throat> and this, um, I, I don't really like the word caravan. I'm not sure I have a, a different word. But th this, is, this is thousands of people, uh, many of them criminals, who uh, are proposing to uh, assault our borders and come into the country illegally. And that has to be stopped. And I think that most Americans who are not, um, not uh, joined at the hip to the ideology of CNN and the New York Times and kindred outlets uh, feel similarly. Uh, you know, they don't want it. And um, I think the, the president's strong stand with respect to uh, the impending invasion uh, can only do him and the cause of the Republicans good in, in today's election. He is Roger Kimball, editor of The New Criterion, which I highly recommend, columnist for PJ Media. Roger, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Here, special election night coverage tonight, beginning at 7. Then talk about it with Dan and Amy tomorrow morning, starting at 5 a.m. on your election station, AM 560, DA.